Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 11. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So here we are now in December. Christmas is coming upon us only a couple of weeks away. I hope you are getting all prepared, getting all sorted. It's a great time of year. Energy seems to change. More smiles on people's faces, which is always lovely. But it's also a that time of the week where we have another fantastic guest. And our guest this week is Pat Duckworth. So let me tell you a little bit about Pat. Pat is a menopause expert, author, and international public speaker. After over 30 years working in the public and voluntary sector at a senior management level, Pat discovered her entrepreneurial mojo in her mid-50s and retrained as a therapist and a coach. Since then, she has published three books, including the award-winning Hot Women Cool Solutions, Pat Fourth book, Hot Woman Rocks, How to Discover Your Midlife Entrepreneurial Mojo, was published on October the 4th and became an international number one bestseller. So I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome Pat to the show. Hi, Pat. Oh, it's just lovely to be here. I just love talking about this subject, Jeff. Yeah, fantastic. So give us a little bit more information. What sort of drove you from going in the, you know, working in the public sector and doing all of that for the amount of time that you've done that? What gave you the inspiration, the courage to go and seek adventure in the world of entrepreneurship? Well, you know, I think I was born a bit old fashioned because when I went to work, I, I went straight from school into work. And uh, because I thought, well, I need the money, I want to build myself up a career, went into the civil service, strangely in my 20s, thinking it will give me a good pension. Um, That must have been my parents talking. And uh, over the years, I gradually worked my way up right into senior management. So by my early 50s, I was working as a senior civil servant, big government department, in an office overlooking Parliament Square. Um, I didn't have to wear a watch. I could hear Big Ben sounding. It was everything that I'd wanted right at the beginning. And then one day I was walking to work through one of the big London parks, beautiful morning, and I realised I was crying because the view from where I'd got to wasn't what I'd thought it would be. I wasn't happy. I wasn't really using my... My basic skills, uh, I had a boss who didn't appreciate what I could do. At that, at that really fundamental level, Jeff, I think you'll understand this, that I like interacting with people and helping people. And when I asked him for an appraisal, he said, well, you're obviously good with people, but so what? Mm. And at that point, it so contradicts your values that you think I – really don't think I can do this uh, for the next five, six years until I retire. So that was my tipping point of I'm not going to do this for somebody who thinks that lowly of what I can do. Um, you know, I'm better than this. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, and I think is, is the, the one thing I admire that is I admire that you had the courage to kind of like jump because I think so many people don't is quite often I'll speak to people who aren't entrepreneurs who think about, you know, I'd love to be able to do that, but they kind of like settle, whether it be good or bad, they just settle for that mediocrity. They settle for 
well, this is what I'm supposed to do because life is neither supposed to be that much fun or, you know, we, we've been trained possibly by our parents or other influential people as we grow up that we should be we should be doing certain things and not necessarily pursuing what we really want out of life. Yeah, yeah. And um, I find from talking to a lot of women who get to this midlife point, the great thing is that you've got to a stage where you care less about what other people think. Yeah. And that is amazingly liberating. Yeah. You know, when you're younger, you're worried about what parents think, what teachers think, what other people think about you, what your boss thinks. And suddenly you get to a point where you look around and you go, do you know what? I don't honestly care. You know, what's important to me now is that I live with happiness and authenticity about who I am. And I've found a lot of women who have felt that way at this point. And is there, and is there, are there any key sort of points or lessons or, or tips that you can give people, uh, women who are thinking like, and and not even necessarily women, but people are generally in that spot who are possibly in a job that they really don't enjoy, they have this admiration and desire to, to do something. Either they believe they can do it better or they want to create a little bit more life change or they just want to add that little bit more of adventure in their life. What sort of advice could you give them? Really, the first thing I would say is if you're not a natural entrepreneur, if this isn't something you've been doing all your life, what you really need to do is to connect with your passion and your purpose because that is what is going to carry you through becoming an entrepreneur, which involves risk-taking and work and effort. You know, I don't work any less than I used to do. In fact, I work more now, but it's all stuff that I love. It's all stuff for my business, and so it doesn't matter. I'm enjoying it. So... For me, there was a real passion around learning to share. You know, I I learn things so that I can share and help other people. And um, there was the thing around kind of healing and developing people as well. And I was really interested in neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. And so that is the step that I took was while I was still working, I signed up to do a course on NLP so that I could test out whether this was something that was for me. And I was testing it in a safe way in that I was still earning a living and I could do that. And the universe rewarded me and said, okay, you know, you've taken the first step and up came a scheme for early retirement so that, um, you know, by the time I'd finished training, I was out from my job and I could take that first step into being an entrepreneur. But what keeps me going every day is the passion that I have for this. And everybody's passion is different. You might feel passionate about rescuing animals. You might feel passionate about the environment. You might just feel passion. You know, one of the women who's written for my book felt passionate about helping women feel good through the clothes that they wore and, um, you know, having massages and things. And that's what she felt really strongly about was how she could help women in that way. So, you know, I'm not saying this is just women because I think this is good for men as well because they often get trapped into jobs they don't enjoy. Yeah. Um, But, you know, if you get to your 50s and now with 
uh, state retirement, state pension age moving out towards 65, 70, you've got to really think, is this what I want to keep doing? Yeah, and you also you brought a, an interesting topic up, the uh, comment before about talking about working. You quite often work longer when you mm. when you become an entrepreneur, and it's you know sometimes you can look at it from some expect, and you work for a worse boss because they're more demanding, and that's yourself. Yeah, and, and it's and it's a, and it's about looking after yourself and and going in there, going into that journey. If entrepreneurship is your is going to be something that you're interested in, knowing that it isn't all going to be more time off work and spending yeah. more time with the family, that's a that's a balancing act that you probably have to become even better at than you would have been if you were working in a in a in a in an office type employment system. Yeah, and I balance it up in different ways. So there are three parts to the day. There's the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. And when you work in the sort of thing that I do, often clients want to see you in the evening. Mm. So I will perhaps in the morning go to the gym with my husband, do the shopping, have some relaxing time, and then work afternoon and evening. Or I might work morning and afternoon and not work in the evening. You know, it's about juggling it and um, just finding, as you say, that balance that keeps you healthy and in touch with yourself and your family um, without getting so obsessed about what you're doing. It's very easy to get obsessed when you're working for yourself. Yeah, and especially working with something you love to do. Yeah, yeah. You can all of a sudden go, whoa, it's dawn and where did that time go? Cause I was just doing a project a couple of minutes ago and it's just, just seems times just seems to have flown by. Absolutely. It's like you get into your work trance and time yeah. passes really quickly. And um, yeah, you, you've got to be aware of that and control it. Brilliant. And do you, when, when you're working with, so specifically you, your, your niches is working with midlife uh, women who are going through the midlife. Um, do they do you find that they have challenges in the sense of do they have different challenges than men or do they do they have the same challenges what has been your experience on that um i think there's a lot of similar challenges but i think for women Uh, when they enter their late 40s, early 50s, they're going through much stronger hormonal changes than men are going through. So both men and women can find themselves in that stage where children are growing up, leaving home, and men can experience empty nest syndrome in the same way that women can, you know, suddenly realizing a stage of their life has passed. And you might also be in a bit of a sandwich between those children growing up and leaving and elderly parents who need more care. So there's practical family situations that are the same for both. But for women with these, you know, the reproductive hormone changes, they're seeing changes in their body, in their emotional state, um, sometimes even in their spiritual state as well. And I think that whole acknowledgement of the passage of time can be much stronger in women than it is in men and as they see their reproductive ability um, go then they can start thinking so who am I now if I'm not now 
a, a mother, you know, a, a wife or whatever, you know, what now is my role in life? Yeah. And it can be that time of really discovering themselves and wanting to do something different, uh, a whole different role to what they were doing before. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because my, my eldest son's getting, uh, he's 17 now and my youngest has just turned 15. And uh, the conversations of what is it that we're going to do when, you know, because they're older now and it's, 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 I know for me it's quite a scary thought because they're such a big part of our lives. And then all of a sudden they go and have their own lives and it's like it gives you this this element of space. And yeah. it's you know, I remember in, in many well, only just a few years ago we talked about whether we wanted to adopt or whether we wanted to have more children. And part of that was, well, is that only to f- not not necessarily only to fill a gap, because that sounds not that <laughs> doesn't mm, sound right. Mm. But you know what I mean? Is it is it there just because there is gonna be that emptiness? But yeah. then the other aspect of that is is but the cool thing about that is it it gives you another aspect to explore and a, another almost a, a element to adventure in what you are going to do with your life. Yeah, and not just um you know with who you are, you know, and what yeah. your purpose is and yeah. how you can fulfill that. If you're in a relationship, you know, the relationship that has given birth and raised these children, then there's that whole thing about the change in the dynamic as well of going from being parents back to being partners and lovers. And, yeah. you know, yeah. that that all changes as well. So this is such an interesting phase of life because it has so much possibility. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for for sharing that um, that knowledge and experience with us, Pat. Um, what we're going to do now is we're going to dive into the the sort of the quiz time. Oh, um, I'm nervous so, about this. <laughs> so there's going to be a set of questions that I'm going to ask you, which I ask every guest, because um, I love hearing the different answers and the different responses from people. Um, so the first question is, is how much time do you spend a month on self-development? Oh, gosh. So much of what I do is is developing myself as well as developing my business. I'm just going to have to say this right off the top of my head. Okay. Probably about 15 hours a month. Okay, cool. And do you do you segment it? So do you put some time in towards yourself and then other times into your business, or do you kind of like call that into a one thing? Um, I'm. I'm always looking for opportunities to learn new stuff, whether it's from books or webinars or, you know, joining in conversations, going to mastermind groups. So I, I see my personal development as really an integral part of my business development as well. Right. And what is, and with, with that, and you were talking about the different ways you do it, what, do you have a favorite vehicle? Do you prefer, you know, webinars or audio books or sitting down and reading? What is your favorite I th- yeah, I think I've recently I've I've got more into webinars. Um, you know, I've always got some books on the go that I'm I'm having a read through. Um, but I also find with webinars that I can be listening to that as well as oh, this is this is a terrible confession, isn't it? As well as doing something else. <laughs> um, we all but- have little vices, Pat. Yeah, <laughs> I shouldn't have let that one go. Um, but yeah, so I do 
Um, and I enjoy the sort of um, interactive webinars where you can be asking questions or commenting or, you know, so that I don't just drift off into my listening to it trance, that I'm yeah. actually actively involved in the learning. So, right. yeah, I prefer yeah. the live ones to the recorded ones so that if, if something comes up, I can actually ask a question about it. Oh, brilliant. Okay, excellent. So question number two is, what is your favorite personal development book and why? <gasps> oh, no. I don't it's, always, it's always a challenging when you're asking people who like coaches and, and obviously the, the, the type of guests we get, they love learning. So it's yeah, like picking, uh, picking one book out of a, a thousand books can be quite a challenge. Yeah, you've seen my bookshelf, haven't you? Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to cheat. I, I, I think there should be a Desert Island Discs one, really, and we should have 10. Um, so in terms of my personal development, um, I like Michael Neal's Inside Out, where he's sort of looking at uh, how we use our thoughts and how we can change them. Um, but a book that I bought earlier this year, um, and, do you know, the name of it has escaped me, but I've... It's by my. It's on my bookshelf with loads of little stickers in it. Robert Diltz wrote a book about entrepreneurship earlier this year or late last year, okay. which really deconstructs the whole how successful people have become successful. I, have you seen that one? I don't, but while you, if you keep on going, I will go onto Amazon and very quickly try and find. So yeah, it's, we'll, not, we will talk yeah. about another. The next question is, do you have a favorite app that you use to help with your business? Um, uh, ooh, apps. I'm, I'm not that great on apps. Okay. Um, one thing I would say for midlife people is don't be frightened of technology yeah. because you can learn it. You know, don't think it's for young people. My son is uh, nearly 29 now and I can do things on Facebook and, you know, various other things uh, that he has got no idea of. Yeah. Um, so it just depends what you're enthusiastic about that you can yeah. you can learn and you can do it. Um, I think there's apps coming up now um, to do with social media mm. that are getting very interesting, and um, so then I'll put a bit of time into learning them better. Yeah, and I think it, you think you you bring a very good point up about not being afraid of tech because I know with my my parents they literally just won't look at it. Because it immediately they immediately think that they can't do it, and actually, yeah. they'll be people can be very surprised how intuitive they can be if you just prepare to let go of the fear and just go. It doesn't make any difference if I make a mistake. No, just let's let's just have a look and see what it's see what we can do. Yeah, you've got to let go of the fear. That's so important because as soon as you get fearful, bits of your brain start shutting down, yeah. and the most um, resourceful state is curiosity yes if you can be curious about something it's that childlike state where you don't care and you can just have a go so you know i've been using facebook live quite a bit recently because you know it's just so easy to talk to people over facebook live and um uh, there are new developments on Facebook Live where you can interview people and have more than one person on it. And I'm going to be all over that because I love that. Yeah, and you're part of the same community. I am the EBC, and I've been watching. They've been doing it 
um, yeah. quite a lot, and they've been quite interesting as well. So I've, yeah. as you've been talking, I've been scouring Amazon. The the only one with Robert Dilt comes about entrepreneurs is called The Next Generation Entrepreneurs. That's it. That's, That's it. it. It's it's a brilliant book. Um, it really, in NLP terms, um, models what top entrepreneurs do in order to be successful so there's lots of case studies in it it breaks the model down bit by bit it's very detailed um but you can dive in and out of it and there's lots of there's lots of pictures there's lots of diagrams um i think it's an excellent book brilliant okay thank you very much so the next question question number four is what's been your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you um, oh, you know, my heart just sunk when you said that. <laughs> you know that moment where you think, oh, I was such a wally at that moment. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say it was a mistake, and then I'm going to say, but I learned from it. You have to be careful who you outsource to. Yeah. You can spend, you can give people a lot of money and not get what you wanted. Yes. So again, I would say, don't be frightened, but do your research, listen to your gut, look for, you know, somebody's, um, you know, marketing their product to you, get some testimonials for it, talk to other people. Um, I dived in and spent a lot of money on having something developed that was never delivered to me. And I've had to let it go. I've had to do work on myself as a therapist, you know, about letting that go. Otherwise, you just get kind of caught up in the negativity of it. And um, so, yeah, if you're going to outsource work, remember that this is your brand that you're protecting and make sure that the people you work with are worthy of working with you. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. And the you've probably already answered this, but what are your challenges in balancing work life? Yeah, it's not getting carried away. I'm very fortunate to have a husband who looks at me quizzically every now and then. He doesn't have to say anything. He just kind of lowers his eyes and raises his eyebrows and that's my cue to think hmm how long have I been working today um so yeah it is thinking of this kind of three portions of the day and how many of those portions I'm working um this week has been an exceptional week because of launching the book and um because I was launching it worldwide I had to be early in the morning to be dealing with Australia and late at night to be working with Western Canada. Yeah. But that's unusual. And again, I loved every minute of it. It was great. The rest of the time you've got to, you've got to look at your week and think, how am I giving time for myself and, and for, and for the people I love as well. You know, it's not all about you. No, it's the, it's the fine balancing act, isn't it? Mm. So the um, question number six is, what advice would you give to, to an entrepreneur that you wish you had had when you started out? Um, I think that, well, oh, no, again, you see, I want to give you two bits of advice. Do you know what? This is the great thing with it being my show. We will give them two. <laughs> so um, the first one is about not getting overwhelmed and taking action every day. If you've got a dream you've got to take action on that dream. Yeah, you know, totally. law of attraction is one thing of visualizing it. 
but the universe expects you to do something as well. So don't just have a dream, do something and do, even if it seems like a massive task, little bit every day, just keep working, 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 and you'll get there. So taking action is the first one. The second one, which I think is almost more important, is surround yourself with positive, supportive people. Yes. These may not be the same people who were around your life when you were doing the job before the change. Yeah. Because some of those people will not want you to change. Yep. They will be the ones saying to you, well, couldn't you just take up a hobby? Or don't you think you're a bit old? Or I doubt it's going to work. Or, you know, some of those people, they love you, they want to protect you, and they may not be the people who are going to help you to do the new thing. So start networking, meeting up with people, and finding the ones who are on they're not just on the same page as you they might be a few pages in front of you yeah. and uh, but they can say to you oh i see what you're doing hey why don't you try this you know come along to this try that um those are the people you want the ones who are going to stretch you support you be positive with you and um be ready to just let some people become just friends unless they are financial advisors and business advisors and they're talking to you from their expertise. Mm. If they're kind of friends, uncles, brother-in-laws, I'm sorry, just smile at them and say thank you and yeah. don't listen. <laughs> yeah, you do. You, do. You, have to be, you have to be very protective over that circle because yeah. I think um, we automatically will go to, the, to our loved ones and friends and there's two, I suppose there's two areas where that is. Number one, they don't understand sometimes mm. because they, you know, they don't may, they may have nowhere near the amount of pressure, uh, passion in what you do yeah. um, or the vision and idea of what you believe you can achieve in that. I think we also is, is they, they sometimes speak to you on a different level to, you know, they, they tell you what they think from their best interest even yeah. though they're doing it from you know most of the time love and affection they're yeah they're not doing it but when you get with a group of people who completely just get where you are going your desire of what you want to do and as you say they don't necessarily have to be in the same industry or line of work but they there is that passion and that want to and desire to su- support you and hear you know, yeah. what your difficulties are so they can share. I mean, that's, for me, that's one of my, the biggest benefits I have with my mastermind group. And I've had a few and it's taken me a while to get the perfect ones. Yeah. But it's it's having that group where I can open-heartedly go in and just be honest and truthful and say, this is what's going on. And they are there with no judgment. They're just there to go, okay, well, this is where you are. So, how are you going to pull yourself out of it, or have you thought about doing this? And I think that is a. If I had only known that seven years before I started yeah. it, even though I knew about them and I was kind of like playing with it, it's that okay. Do you know what? You, let's just get serious about it. Look at look at the people. And I remember a story that Jack Canfield told a group that, uh, of training, and he talks about. Um, he was at a, a mastermind. He was speaking to someone. I think it was Tony Robbins that brought it up actually to him. And he was talking about um, 
how he wanted to to level, you know, to achieve even more financial financial success. And he says, well, you know, when you talk about your group, what is are you all round about the same financial, you know, targets and areas? He went, yeah. He says that's your problem. You yeah. need to have people that are further out, further forward. And and if I remember the story rightly, um, what Tony replied was, "Is I hang around with billionaires, yeah, because that's where I want to aspire to. So therefore, they yeah. work on a different level." Absolutely, and there's there's a coach in America who's a multi-millionaire, and he's also um, involved in a university. And he went to America from the Lebanon with nothing as a teenager, didn't even speak English, and he's now amazing business coach. Mm. He's called Nido Cobain. Okay, and he says, "Who you spend time with is who you become." Yeah. And, and his actual phrase, if, if you can look him up on YouTube, he's a very funny, charismatic speaker. And um, he says, if you hang around with dingalings, you're a dingaling in the making. Yeah, totally. Um, and it's, this is true. You have to be mixing with people at the next level from you so that you can learn from them and keep yourself moving forward. Yeah. And you've it's got, so uh, important. Yeah. And you've got to have the courage to be open as well. Because yeah. sometimes it's you have to make that first step. You know, sometimes yeah. we hold ourselves back and we're, well, I'm not going to say anything until so and so says something. And it's yeah. like, well, you know, someone's got to give permission somewhere. So yeah. you know, far better you being the first person to let get get the momentum going than you can like waiting for. And then actually, because you aren't like that, and because the other people aren't like that, the mastermind group may go nowhere, and it's it's an opportunity lost. Yeah, uh, and I, you know, it's really good to talk about mastermind groups because I think as a new entrepreneur, finding or building a mastermind group is absolutely key. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're going to do a, a special on our mastermind groups. I'm going to get my mastermind group on the show, and we're going to discuss the benefits, what we found, and you know that those sort of things because I, I do think they're an amazing, they're an amazing multiplier to yeah. to where you can be. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's so good you're talking about that because I think a lot of people, particularly in the UK, don't really understand about mastermind groups. No, it's coffee mornings. Yeah. So it's, it's just coffee mornings where we just talk. Yeah. I think that's what my or wife thinks. Lunches. Yeah, I think that's what my wife thinks an entrepreneur does. We just sit at home, we go to cafes, we have coffees, we flick our laptops open to make it look like we're working, but actually we're just reading a magazine on on Amazon Kindles or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but right, so I, we... <laughs> I meet my group in a vegetarian restaurant in in the centre of London, and um, cool. fortunately the, the, the lower ground floor area isn't busy at lunchtime, so oh, we good. meet up and we eat healthy food and, uh, and, you know, we have some time to talk about where we're up to and what's happening next, and, you know, that's been a really supportive group for me. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so the last question is a life lesson. Um, and this basically stems from when I started to my road to recovery and going on this new journey of entrepreneurship and, and stuff, I worked out that I had learned 50 things of, of well, lessons in doing it. And well, actually, there was like 65, and it's not a round number. So um, I had to sort of thin it out because some of them were a little bit, well, they were, didn't resonate with me once I sort of worked out. There were smarter ways to describe them. So... Mm-hmm. What the the quiz is is basically you pick a number between one to fifty, 
and whatever that number is, it will land on a lesson. And then we'll, I'm going to share what I learned from it and what it means to me and then see what comes up when we discuss it. Oh, I feel like rolling a dice or something. I haven't got a 50-sided dice. Um, I'm going to go with 29 because that's my son's age on his next birthday. Oh, 29. Honesty. Okay, so for me, this was it was a big lesson because one of the one of the things I learned when I was starting to get starting to look even hoping to get better was that I needed to not only be honest with others because that was a lot easier than being mm. honest with myself. And it's those conversations that sometimes we need to have that challenge our own way, you know, because sometimes we take the path of least resistance. Yeah. And sometimes we have to look at ourselves and go, well, you know, what is it that I really want? Or mm. what is the truth about me either, you know, not, 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 not assisting myself in healing or not going to to push myself and go for that business venture or not challenging and walking up to that person who's 15 levels ahead of me in in business and in in development and stuff and having those conversations and it was about looking and going okay I just need to be honest with myself because what I found was is that there's nothing more powerful than self-honesty yeah and I am wondering what you think about that yeah I love that um it's honesty and uh, authenticity, you know. When you're honest, people recognize it in you and mm. you come over as authentic. Yeah. Um, I, I, I used to meet a guy at an NLP group who, was, um, who talked a lot about honesty and he said somebody had given him a lesson in it where they said, you know, when you're honest and you tell the truth, it's like you shine a light wherever you're going. Yeah. If you lie to yourself and to others, it's like you're leaving a trail of poo behind you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to leave a trail of poo or do you want to shine a light? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that's a really good description of what happens if if you're not honest. Um, So, yeah, shining a light both on yourself. Because, you know, you talked earlier about fear. Yeah. And when you shine the light on the fear your own fear about what you're doing or how you're feeling, you can deal with it. If you're not honest about it, it will come back and bite you. Yeah. And of course the the truth of the matter is if you're leaving crap behind you, no one's going to follow you. Well, they're going to step in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And never, we don't want to go too far yeah, with the metaphor. No, no. But, but, but no, it's, I think, but that's the truth, isn't it? Is, is, you know, as a, as a, someone as an entrepreneur, not only do you want to be a good leader within your business, but you want to be a good leader in your life. Yeah. And, you know, for me as a, as a, as a parent is from, it's always about, you know, making sure that I enjoy my life, but making sure the people that I care about my wife and my kids and my, and my close friends enjoy their life. Yeah. And it's up to me to be honest to myself and live an authentic life mm. so they can learn that they can. Yeah, because I think quite often is well, often is that I'll speak to people and you'll find that maybe their parents didn't live the life that they really wanted to. Yeah, and because of that, you kind of like grow up thinking, well, that mustn't be the way you should live your life. You must have to live it and not enjoy it. Or yeah, and and I think there's that importance of being truthful. And I think what you leave behind. 
unfortunately has a an effect on generations after and it's and it's it's i believe it's my mission not only to make an impact and support other people around the world but it's a, to make an impact with my life so it makes a positive impact to my children to my grandchildren to my great grandchildren and i think that's the that for me is what honesty is all about yeah absolutely and you know i'm i'm so proud of my son because he is a very honest person not in a brutal way you know yeah. that whole tell the truth and shame the devil, which yeah. sometimes doesn't work out too well. No. Um, but he's always so honestly himself yeah. that, you know, you take him or leave him because that's what there is. Yeah. Um, and most people take him because it's honest. Yeah. And um, I, I love that I've brought somebody up who is, who is that person. Yeah, I think it's 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 a it's a great it's a great lesson to teach your children, mm. and, and and you know and I th- and hopefully not even your children, the people you meet when you can show that and be authentic. I think that the the that that rub on effect, mm. you know, especially when you're in a group. You know, we talked about Mastermind too. When you're in a group of that type of people, you just become an unstoppable force because yeah. there's there's that there's there's nothing hiding. You know, yep. all right, we don't bear our complete true selves to the world, but you find that a lot of authentic and honest people bear a hell of a lot more than most. Mm. And it's and it's just about being being yourself, allowing yourself to be vulnerable and have those conversations and have those dreams and be willing to share those dreams. Because I don't I personally don't see the point. If you're hiding what your passion is, that's gonna fester and turn into something that's not gonna be beneficial to you. Yeah, and if you're going to work with people who are levels above you, yeah. don't try and be something you're not. They Absolutely. will suss you out very quickly. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to be yourself and who you are, and then, you know, you will get a good response. If you try and pretend that you're something you're not, you will very quickly get found out. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Pat, for sharing sharing that um just before you go could you share with us how people could find out more about you give them some information on links to your to your new book um you know you get this opportunity to do that okay so the the book that i launched uh, only recently is hot women rock um how to discover your midlife entrepreneurial mojo. Most women get that hot women thing. Um, nobody likes talking about menopause, but we all like being hot women. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hot women rock, how to discover your midlife entrepreneurial mojo. And I don't – it's it's about developing that entrepreneurial mindset that we've just been talking about. Yeah. But there's also 21 women's stories in it about how they – reached that point and made a change and every one of them's different um but there's that tipping point where they decided to do something new and i just love that uh, they're great stories Brilliant. um and i have a website called hotwomencoolsolutions.com okay. uh, and there are lots of free resources on that you'll see them listed down the right hand side some of those are to do with the new book so there's a workbook and uh there are also some relaxation hypnotic recordings to to help with different life issues so have a look at the website have a look at the resources section and pick up the free stuff on the right hand side at least have a look at it there could be something useful in there for you 
Brilliant. Thank you very much. It's been great. I love talking about this stuff. So we've come to the end of the show. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have benefited from listening, please could you take some time to pop over to iTunes, leave a review and a rating as it helps me promote the show, allowing me to support other people, which you know is a big mission of mine. If you would like to email me to ask some questions or perhaps suggest some topics, you can send me emails to podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk. I love hearing from you and your feedback really does help me make this show better. If you would like to find out more about me and how I can assist you to live the exceptional life, then you can visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk or you can follow me on Twitter, which is GNCoach, and all the other social media sites is Jeff Nicholson UK. I look forward to speaking to you next week and I wish you the greatest success. Take care.